Hello, and thanks so much for joining me for another edition of Face the Facts. I'm your host, April Moss. While we never shy away from speaking the truth here on this platform, and today is no exception, we're going to be getting into the details of the 55,000 Pfizer documents that they wanted to keep from the public for the next 75 years. But thankfully, Dr. Naomi Wolf and her incredible team of people are going through these documents to give us um, all of the information that Pfizer wanted to keep hidden. Let me tell you, this information is shocking. You'll want to absolutely take notes. So grab a pad of paper and a pen and Sit back and relax. We're going to go through all of this. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Naomi Wolf. She is not only the co-founder and CEO of Daily Clout, but she's a best-selling author, columnist, and professor. She's a graduate of Yale University, received a doctorate from Oxford. And she also is a Rhodes Scholar and has written for every major news outlet in the U.S., and many globally. She has a new book that is out and you can order it. We've got the link below. We're going to talk all about that and so much more in today's edition. But first, a word from our sponsors. Face the Facts is brought to you today by Holy Hydrogen. You can get an at-home molecular hydrogen system where so many people have experienced healing effects when they've been battling things like arthritis, heart disease, cancer, and even infertility. This product is going to change your life and the lives of those that you love. Everyone in the entire family can utilize it. Go to holyhydrogen.com and use promo code APRIL at the checkout. That will save you $100 off of an at-home hydrogen system. So heal your body from the inside out with Holy Hydrogen. And we're going to get right into today's interview with Dr. Naomi Wolf. Dr. Wolf, thank you so much for being here today on Face the Facts. I'm honored to have you on. You've been at the forefront of providing the truth for what's really gone on over the last several years as we've been battling the COVID narrative. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Ms. Moss. So let's talk about first your uh, censorship. You were deplatformed on Twitter, and I'd love for you to share a little bit about what's going on and are you currently um, filing a lawsuit against anyone? And, and what does this look like now? <laughs> so, so much deplatforming, so many lawsuits. Um, so yes, over a year ago, I was very kind of loudly and publicly deplatformed from Twitter for a tweet that was completely accurate, that was simply noting that a lot of women on social media were reporting menstrual symptoms after having uh, received the mRNA vaccine. And I can't stress enough, um, Ms. Moss, for 35 years, it's been my job to report on women's health issues and especially sexual and reproductive health issues. I've written two best-selling books about women's sexual and reproductive health. And it's, it's very common, I mean, like very, very, very common that when there's a new women's health concern, whether it's thalidomide or anorexia and bulimia spiking or, you know, estrogen being too high in birth control pills or, you know, silicone breast implants causing trouble. It doesn't first emerge out of a press release from, you know, the medical 
establishment, it first emerges when women talk to each other. So any good journalist will pay attention when women start to, because you know what, women don't lie. Uh, Like, why would, why would you lie about something embarrassing and awful like that? So a good journalist notices, and that's what I was doing. Um, So there's this huge deplatforming and also kind of a global smear campaign to discredit me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it looked like it was led by Twitter because tweets that had literally never existed because I, you know, drafted them, posted them, and then like a second later said, oh, that's badly worded. Let me delete that. You know, the only people to have that, you know, would would be Twitter. So mm-hmm. fast forward, um, about two weeks ago, America First Legal, Stephen Miller's organization, had uh, filed a lawsuit against the CDC that showed that the CDC had colluded with big tech to silence critics or people raising questions about COVID and about vaccines specifically. Mm-hmm. And my tweet and my name were in those communications, those emails. So that's illegal because the you know Twitter can do whatever it wants, but the federal government is violating anyone's First Amendment rights if they're conspiring to suppress your speech as an American citizen. Absolutely. And and I thought that was bad enough. But last week, um, another lawsuit from the attorneys general of Missouri and Louisiana uh, revealed- Eric Schmidt. Correct. And um, uh, Mr. Landry in uh, Louisiana. Um, They filed a successful lawsuit and released another tranche of documents uh, that also showed that same tweet, but this time it was the White House discussing it with social media. Um, so that was like yeah. terrifying enough. I mean, I can't describe to you what it feels like to be an American citizen to discover and a peaceful middle-aged mom, you know, peacefully doing yeah. my job, right? I'm not a terrorist. I'm not a criminal. I'm not bringing fentanyl over the border. I'm literally sitting yeah. at home doing my job. Um, yeah. You don't have deals in Ukraine. You're not sleeping with uh, underage girls. You're not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, we we're li- learning that we're living in, you know, this, this Marxist infiltration into America. where we're just on this very dangerous slope here. Um, Can I just wrap up the horrors? Uh, Because it's not even over yet. So the last thing was that we drafted, my my publicist, Ellen Canelli, drafted a press release about the White House collusion, tried to send it out on um, EIN Newswire, which is like the standard newswire that goes to all the news outlets in the country. And her account it wasn't just censored, her account was closed down. And we were both told never to open another account. And and then uh, there was a very good article in Gateway Pundit, I believe, that showed that EIN Newswire has ties to, to the White House, essentially. So um, it's been 360 degrees of censorship of something that now many studies are showing are actually true. It's actually true that women mm-hmm. are suffering terribly from menstrual dysregulation, now fertility problems, um, and the White House really to, to keep that information from women. Yeah, I mean, and Jen Psaki said it herself. I remember her uh, stating that the White House was um, in regular communication with social media platforms. So this isn't conspiracy theory. This isn't you know Dr. Wolf saying it. Um, this is absolutely from from the mouth of the former press secretary. Yeah. Well, and these primary source documents. And I mean, the emails are right there. Andy Slavitt, the you know the COVID czar, his email 
is right there, um, you know, discussing this misinformation. Um, the CDC's Carol Crawford, her email is is right there. You, there's no hiding. Um, mm -hmm. These people were shutting down American citizens, talking about really important public health issues. Yeah, and and I'm really grateful for the work that you've done uh, because, as we know, Pfizer has now had to release the um, documentation on these mRNA uh, genetic modification shots <laughs> and you've been pouring through them and that's no easy task. I know that the data is very hard to, to read through and analyze and you've got a great team behind you. Uh, tell me a little bit about some of the things that you guys have uncovered. This is not being reported in mainstream media. Uh, it's being highly censored everywhere, but thankfully on Real America's Voice and on, on my show, uh, we will report the truth. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about what you've learned as it pertains to children and pregnant women. Sure, thank you for asking. And thank you for covering this this story. Um, I will tell you, but first I, I must agree with you that it's absolutely stunning that a, a story which is really the biggest story of the 21st century from what I can tell is being completely ignored or censored by legacy media, um, to, you know, to the detriment of their readers. So what you're describing is um, a project that I'm very proud of in which uh, the War Room, Steve Bannon's platform and Daily Clout, my news uh, organization, united to put a call out for experts to read these 55,000 documents released by court order that the FDA had requested be kept hidden for 75 years. They wanted us to be long gone before these saw the light of day. And now I know why. Um, and you're quite right that they're very difficult documents. They're very technical and, you know, they're science. And um, so journalists would have a hard time understanding what's in them if it weren't for these 3,500 experts who have stepped up. It's so beautiful and volunteered their time. Um, and they range from physicians, NRNs, to biostatisticians, medical fraud investigators, um, lab clinicians, uh, research scientists, and they've, they've formed themselves into six teams under the leadership of this extraordinary woman, um, Amy Kelly, who's the project manager. And they're producing report after report that is, is written in ordinary English um, so that everyone can understand what's in the documents. And to answer your question, in the documents, uh, I'll skip over it because it's not even the worst news. I mean, the background is these 37 reports have found that the Pfizer rollout anyway is a catastrophic uh, crime against humanity. Absolutely. Uh, and they knew it. And they knew it. The FDA knew it. Pfizer knew it. All the scientists working with Pfizer knew it. Everything from 1,200 people died in three months and four of them died the day they were injected um, to the FDA and Pfizer knew that 35 teenagers had heart damage a week after being injected with the mRNA vaccines and they didn't tell parents and the FDA gave the emergency use authorization anyway for teenagers to be injected who are not at high risk from COVID. All the way to Pfizer had to hire 2,400 uh, additional full-time staff to deal with the flood of adverse events they were receiving. But much more serious than all of that is the what is emerging now in about six or seven reports as 360 degree um, harms to human reproduction. And so comprehensive that it really looks like this injection 
is designed to target human reproduction at every scale, at every point. So uh, Pfizer, for instance, defines exposure to the vaccine as including skin contact, inhalation, and sexual intercourse, especially at the moment of conception. And they told the men in the study not to um, have sex with childbearing age women without using a condom and another effective form of birth control or else that they had to abstain. In other words, Pfizer knew it was so dangerous or problematic to um, have vaccinated men have sex with women of childbearing age that they said you, you can't even risk you know, getting a woman pregnant. Um, the, the mRNA injections don't stay in the injection site within 15 minutes, even though we were assured they do. Within 15 minutes, they travel all over your body, but including lodging in the adrenal spleen, liver, and ovaries, and all mm -hmm. on the ovaries, because what Dr. Robert Chandler, one of our volunteers, has found is that the the chart goes like that of lipid nanoparticles, which are these industrial fats covered in polyethylene glycol in women's ovaries. There's no visible way these materials leave the ovaries. So your first injection, they accumulate. Your second injection, they accumulate more. Your first booster, they accumulate more. Your second booster, they accumulate more. And we don't know the effect. I mean, as, as Dr. Jim Thorpe, who's a fetal maternal medicine. Yes, he's wonderful. Wonderful. He said, we don't know if those eggs are alive after multiple injections. And wow. Well, we don't, right? We don't. I mean, what we do know is that babies who are being born to vaccinated mothers, um, and by the way, just as an aside, your ovaries, of course, don't just regulate conception, they regulate your menstrual cycle. So all these horrible problems that women are having with their menstrual cycles, you know, their ovaries are being packed with lipid nanoparticles and spike protein, which has been found to be toxic and presumably mRNA. But moving ahead, lipid nanoparticles traverse every membrane in the human body. So they're also traversing the placenta. And Dr. Thorpe showed this terrifying image that he's seeing a lot of a kind of netting of calcifications around a placenta. And the placenta is, you know, how the baby breathes and, you know, gets rid of, of the baby's waste products. And it's it's like the baby's environment, right? And so Absolutely. the placenta is compromised with these lipid nanoparticles traversing through them. And he's finding fetal growth restriction, um, abnormalities, um, and, 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 you know, chromosomal abnormalities, you know, horrible outcomes with the babies, it, you know, that he's seen whose moms have been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. um, going back to the Pfizer documents, there's shocking, horrible miscarriage rates in the Pfizer documents. And it's so interesting, AP and Reuters uh, did attack pieces on us for an immediately corrected math error regarding another section of the Pfizer documents. But, I remember that. Right, but mm -hmm. when I said to them, but the miscarriage rate is even higher in this other section of the Pfizer documents. They just deleted that part of my comment. Of course. Um, in another section of the Pfizer documents, there are 270 women who got pregnant, even though pregnant women were excluded from the trials, right? So all the assurances yeah. that it was safe for pregnant women were based on 44 French rats who were followed for 42 days. But leaving that aside, and the people who did that study were shareholders of Pfizer. So you're saying Pfizer shareholders did a study only on rats, and that's how they concluded? That it was safe and effective for pregnant human women and their human babies. That's wow. correct. Wow. But even worse than that, April, in 
of the 270 women who got pregnant anyway, Pfizer lost 234 of their records illegally because you're supposed to follow a subject all the way through. Mm-hmm. Of the 36 women whom they followed, 28 of them lost their babies. 28 babies died. It goes on and on. Um, the This the, is heartbreaking. The breast milk of, mm-hmm. of vaccinated women in the Pfizer documents, four women's breast milk turned blue-green, which Dr. Rich says is, could signify a problem with blood. And the and one poor baby who was nursing from a vaccinated mom went into convulsions and died at the ER in the Pfizer documents. But what's happening is that vaccinated women's breast milk has lipid, has some um, polyethylene glycol in it now because that's the coating of the lipid nanoparticles. So women's breast milk, if they're vaccinated, has a petroleum byproduct in it. Right. So it's not safe to breastfeed if you've been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think we need actual science to, to conclude. But if I knew I had a petroleum product in my breast milk, mm-hmm. uh, of course, I would not give it to my baby. And what what you're seeing now are studies that confirm there's polyethylene glycol in the breast milk and NIH study, and that the babies are showing that they're uh, inconsolable, sleepless, and agitated. And, and breastfeeding dropped from 34% of moms to only 14% of moms now breastfeed during the pandemic and during the injection rollout. And the last thing I'll say is so, like, we don't even know what effect this will have on future generations because it's not just our eggs that are compromised by the lipid nanoparticles that they go into the the body of a fetus, right? So Mm -hmm. a little baby girl, a little fetal baby girl, those are all the eggs she's going to have in her lifetime. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and Dr. Thorpe also said these materials accumulate, especially in fetal brains and and hearts because they're even more vulnerable to this accumulation. So the last thing I'm going to say is there's a baby die-off now around the world. 200 babies, um, I'm sorry, there's 200% rise in neonatal deaths in Scotland, which is highly vaccinated. 81 babies died in Ontario when they usually expect five or six as a baseline. And in one hospital in Israel, there's a 34% rise in neonatal deaths and spontaneous abortions for vaccinated versus unvaccinated women. And and then, then I'll just stop. Um, moms are saying that babies who are born to vaccinated moms who are about 10 months old now or a year old, they're, they've got slow developmental milestones. And Dr. Thorpe said the same thing, slow to crawl, slow to sit up. And, and the last thing I'm starting to hear about is, is babies, you know, just dying like dying in their mm-hmm. sleep, just dying. Um, and of course, there's always been, you know, caught death. But I'm, I'm hearing things that I've never heard before, that a baby was at a play group and just died. You know, the kinds of oh things we're talking about athletes. You know, someone's just on a playing field and just drops dead. So I'm starting mm-hmm. to hear, I, I think I've heard three reports that this has happened, like just babies just dying. Dr. Wolf, I know this is not this is not the type of thing that you want to be talking about every single day. None of us want to be in the situation where we're bringing this tragic news to the public, but it's so imperative that people understand this because with all of the enforced mandates that they began to roll out on our young people, the millennials, the the college age people who said, "Oh, I just want to go to that, you know, that university and I just need to get this jab so that I can 
they're not understanding the long-term consequences and effects that this brand new mRNA technology is bringing into uh, the DNA of humanity. I mean, really the consequences we're not going to see for the next generation or two. But in addition to the effects on a woman's body, I know that you also had a study saying that there was a decreased sperm count as well for men who received the injection. Is that correct? Uh, actually, it is correct that um, there is a decrease in sperm count and sperm motility, which means their ability to move mm -hmm. around. Uh, that was reported by Andrology Journal. But what our Amy Kelly reported, um, which touches on that, it goes further, is that these lipid nanoparticles, of course, traverse every membrane, they traverse the testes. So they're not just harming the sperm count and sperm motility, they're harming the epididymis, they're inflaming the epididymis where, you know, which is kind of the delivery mechanism for mm -hmm. sperm. Mm -hmm. And they're also harming the um, Leydig cells and the Sartoli cells, which, uh, you know, refresh a course in eighth grade biology, that's where like masculinity itself resides like that's that's what lets boys turn into teenagers turn yeah, into the hormones the hormones exactly it's secondary sex characteristics so this is literally like destroying the factory of masculinity and when you look at it geopolitically you know who's being mandated it's our armed forces you know yeah. it's our firefighters it's it's the you know the big strong men and women we need the heroes the heroes exactly yeah the people we need to be fighting fighting for us and being our first line of defense. Yeah. And that's being that wall is crumbling down. It's interesting. Uh, Dr. Wolf, you have a Substack, correct? Yes. Yes. Please tell everybody where they can go because you put out so much great information all of the time. Uh, so grateful for you. Tell us where we can find your, uh, your Substack, all of your social media, all of that. Well, please buy the bodies of others, the new authoritarians, yes. COVID-19 and the war against the human. That is the, much, much, much censored book that um, people are reading anyway. And it it's important because it explains who is doing this and why, and explains how we get out of this. Um, you can find me on uh, Dr. Naomi R. Wolf's Substack, I believe, and it's called Outspoken. And you can also find all of the Pfizer reports on a new Substack called Behind the FTA Curtain that Amy Kelly is posting. And I'm on Getter, Dr. Naomi R. Wolf. Um, and I think that's it. Thank you so much for joining us today. So love your work. I hope that you'll join us again uh, as more information continues to develop. There's so much to go through that, I mean, you're going to be busy for many months to come getting I mean, through all of those documents. God forbid, you know, I want this to be over, but I want it to be over with humanity safe. But yes, thank you. Yes, there's more work ahead. Thank you so much, April. Absolutely. Take care. All right. And once again, just to remind everyone, you can go to Barnes and Noble, Amazon, wherever books are sold and purchase Dr. Naomi Wolf's book entitled The Bodies of Others, The New Authoritarians, COVID-19 and the War Against the Human. Thank you so much for joining me on today's edition of Face the Facts. As always, God bless. We'll see you next time.